your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Level Podcast. This one, episode number 58. Thanks once again to our friends at Cantex Roofing and Construction for sponsoring our podcast. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Yes. Alongside Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. Level, what's good, man? Um, two two things. One, we gotta we gotta do something other than just like counting these off. We just need to like I don't know because because well at some point it's just like the number just becomes like <laughs> you know cumbersome. Okay. Um, we all get older day by day. The podcast does. Yeah, but too, this this so. is like weekly, so it's like aging quickly. It's like yeah. oh my, hold on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I hope our our sweet little podcast here gets to be in you know like the longest living you know ever. But um, yeah, anyway, we're fifty eight years old rather quickly. Holy cow! Yeah. Um, no man, all is good. Uh, I I love me some winning. Uh, and uh, over the weekend, uh, the Red Raiders punched their ticket. Uh, to get to you know, uh, extend their season, uh, which is, you know, just means so much, uh, other than, you know, obviously getting to play in a bowl game. There's just so many things about that for your program that, you know, that needs to be the standard. I think Joey kind of said as much after the game, you know, that that's the floor is bowl eligibility and it hasn't been what you, uh, to, to be, you, you were hoping that you're still in contention for a spot in Arlington with, uh, going to Austin on, on Friday night, but, Anyway, I was just uh, from one and three, and then three and five to six and five. Uh, so uh, giddy up, man! Um, and I thought UCF was pretty salty uh, in in certain spots, and you know, yet you you just were a little bit better than they were. Yeah, definitely on Saturday night you were, and that's that's what matters. You're able to get the win. Uh, Joey moves to to ten and three in home games. And, mm-hmm. and that's something we we haven't talked about a ton, but there there was a stretch there where you, quite frankly, um, lost your home field advantage at, at Jones Stadium, or it wasn't it wasn't what we were used to prior. And th- there were a lot of seasons where you went three and three, or four and three, or you know close to five hundred at home. And these last two seasons, you really picked that home field advantage back up and and that, that matters level because you're winning in front of your fans and you get that fun experience back and it, and it kind of uh reflected with five sellouts out of your six games this year too so uh, i think that that's that's something that is vital uh in in terms of you know setting that baseline for making a bowl game but also setting that baseline that your your home crowd advantage is is back and uh, you win those games in front of the home crowd. So while it was uh, another close one against UCF, you, you got it done and, and uh, get that, I guess that monkey off the back of, of getting to the bowl game, but man, um, there's, there's a lot of different ways to dissect that one. Uh, where you want to start offense, defense, Baron Morton, Taj Brooks, uh, big stops for your defense. There's, there's a lot of different places to go, go to though. I'm going to start uh, with, you know, 
it's easy to talk about Baron or Taj or, but how about, how about like uh, Gino Garcia with a 51 yarder? How about Duda Banks uh, that essentially should get credited for your one turnover, uh, traditional turnover, I should say. And then Mm -hmm. for blocking the extra point. Yep. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just guys like that, uh, that, you know, because the, those, I mean, two of those plays are, I mean, I just thought your special teams, other than the fake field goal, your special teams dominated this game in many ways. Mm-hmm. You had a big return by Dre McCray. Um, it's fun to see him kind of come on this season, uh, not just a weapon that it kickoff return, but, uh, you know, he, he finds his way into the end zone. Um, he's such a good kid and loves being here. And it's it's fun to kind of he's grinded. It hasn't been easy for him as he transitions from Austin P to kind of the power five level. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, he's starting to show you some of the playmaking and you'll get him back uh, next year uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, that's I, I just do the banks is what's right about this program and that Jalen Hutchings goes down and. You know, and I think there's some there was uh, some initial concern that it was really bad. Hmm. I mean, watching Tony Bradford out there uh, on a knee with the doctors around him, I'm like, man, not like this. Yeah, please don't. You know, not 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 this way. Uh, Rabbit was already on the 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 bike and and all those things, but I just thought like Duda stepped up, man, and and he uh, in Jalen's absence and. I mean, had one of the more memorable games, uh, you know, and he, and he doesn't sh- show up just all over the stat sheet, but those were two very impactful plays. And you can Absolutely. make the argument that one of them won the game, uh, you know, and uh, it was just fun to see him kind of talk about it after the game was over too. And that almost saying, man, I, I owed it to Jalen. Cause I mean, Joey, you, you heard that in, in our conversation with coach McGuire in our pregame show choice on the broadcast. Yeah. Joey, you know, basically saying to the young guys, it is your responsibility to make sure that the older guys go out the right way. And Duda did that. I mean, and so that that's just that's a lot of fun to kind of see it uh, come full circle like that. Yeah, I I think that's that's a great place to start, because um, in a one point game and we've talked about this so many times early in the season, it was margin on the wrong side, the, the margin for error is so, so thin. Um, but those little things, and, and those were two big things from due to banks, but the little things, uh, the knocking down a 51 yard field goal, all of those things you've done. A lot of times the special teams can be the tipping point um, in, in your one possession game. And uh, that's exactly what we saw yesterday for the, for the red Raiders. Um, but man, Baron Morton, that guy looks a little different when uh, he he feels good and and is he- healthy. I still don't know if he's at a hundred percent, but he sure looked the closest to it that we've seen this season. Yeah, and he he's not um, he's not gonna. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get into it until after this season is over. And I don't know, maybe you get some more inclination before the bowl game. He'd be, you know a few weeks downtime for him would be good if he can get it. You know, depending on when your your bowl game would be, but. He's just grinding through it right now, and uh, and I thought, you know, uh, I thought him on the run last night, his ability to extend plays with his legs was a huge difference. Uh, and you know, I mean, obviously Plumley on the other side was just a pain to deal with. Yep, all night uh, with his legs and jump passes and the speed he's got around him. I mean, all those kinds of things. But 
uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Barron kind of grinded away at it, and there were some some big plays. But yeah, the 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 plays to Dre McCray and Mason Tharp when he's rolling right, uh, really, really, you know, were one of the differences in this one too. And and you know, him his ability to check to the run and keep it in a pass or however they were doing it, I thought as the game went along, also was a big deal because it was pretty clear that UCF's early on anyway, their intent was to not let Taj Brooks get going. So you threw it a little bit and then late, you know, once you, you score on them enough, you know, then it's like, just cause I mean, five minutes, 30 seconds left on the clock, whenever that missed extra point happens and you get the kickoff or whatever. And then, and you just, you run the whole clock out. I mean, and that felt so good after, you know, years of it being done to you, mm -hmm. the ability to be, to, to it's go a hopeless feeling. It is a helpless feeling and to go or the greatest, on someone else or the greatest feeling. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, you line up in victory formation with, I don't know, a minute, Twelve or a minute and a half left. Yeah, but it was it was awesome. I mean, in credit, you know, this group has taken a lot. You know, pe people need to start. You know, it, it's it's far too often people kind of like knock the offensive line, mm -hmm. or or you know, yeah. and and myself included. Like, hey, they're not this, they're not that. I mean, they deserve some credit here for, and, and so does Tosh. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to sure, take anything sure. from Tosh Brooks because a lot of these are he just won't go down. And and so yeah, that 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 group deserves a, a lot of uh, credit because everybody in the stadium knew exactly what where it was going, who yeah. was getting it, and yet UCF just couldn't do anything about it. And that Can't that is it. wildly, um, you know, refreshing and fascinating. And oh man, it was uh, it, it tastes good. Winning is fun, man. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. It is fun. Winning, winning is fun, no um, matter what variety, how it comes. Half a uh, point, one yeah. point. Because you, because you look up and all of a sudden now, remember all the one score game talk yep. from last year and then early this year. Now you look up, you've won three in November. They've all been by one score. That's right. Uh, and I think, um, you know, it, it's looked a little bit different at times and you're having to, to make it look a little bit different at times because of your situation. But I just thought in Lawrence last week and then uh, in Lubbock over the weekend, man, it's just... Uh, it, it it it's just you're grinding out but you're finding ways to win whereas kind of before it was like we just couldn't figure out a way to win now all of a sudden you know you're because what's joey now you mentioned the 10 and 3 at home but you're also 6 and 1 in november yep with on a six game winning streak too in yeah that's right that's right you you have now back-to-back -back conference winning records which hasn't happened around here since 2008 and 2009 i believe correct and and those are those have been hard to come by. Uh, even when you were, you know, when Mike had it rolling, I guess in in terms of going to bowl games every year, there was some, you know, four and fives and three and sixes in the non con I mean, in the in the conference uh, mixed yeah. in there. Or or I, I don't guess it was three and six, but maybe four and four and because you were playing yeah. eight conference games uh, at the time. In and three and five is what I meant to say. Sorry, but anyway, I, I think I don't want to gloss over that either because as you look for sure reasons to look for progress or feel optimistic i mean there's there's some things here and then three bowl games in a row that I mean, hasn't happened since 08 through 010 i mean correct through 10. yeah yeah you, you've kind of maybe you're on the other side of this this decade of just struggling and just not being very good and now you've got some stability and all those things so that that part i i uh i thoroughly thumbs up
I do really like uh, Coach McGuire's talked about it uh, that that's your baseline. You you've got to have baseline for a program. That uh, your Floor. baseline is, and that's what uh, that's what it was for Mike Leach, right? I mean, as much as we talk about the the glory years of Mike Leach, it wasn't all perfect. You didn't have no. all 2008 seasons, but the fact that you got to a bowl game every single season under Mike Leach. And you knew that that was the floor for your program. That's what was great about it. It's like your bad year, you're still making a bowl game. So mm-hmm. if that is your bad year under Joey McGuire, then that's, I mean, that, that that's pretty satisfying for this fan base. Now you, you got some heights you want to reach and some goals and, and hopefully you can do that in the future. But yeah, I, I think that is, I really like hearing Joey McGuire say that out loud is, is that your, your floor for your program is, is making a bowl game. And they set that expectation early and, and you've reached it two years in a row. So, uh, quite a few football questions. I mean, we'll... he, he... Go ahead. Row and you know Joey was at the the one two years ago in Memphis, but I because I mean he made sure to point that out and and thanks Sonny Cumbie for that sure. uh, to that that the Liberty Bowl game ironically uh, the win over Mike Leach, but it, it was like kind of like that's the standard we continue to build on it and. Uh, you know, again, do you wish you were playing in Arlington uh, the first weekend in December? Absolutely. Was that the goal? Absolutely. Did you fall short? Yes. Um, there are reasons for that. Some people will will buy into those and go, "Hey, man, I get it." Other people are like, "Oh, well, you you need to find other ways to do it." This and that. Either way, um, yeah, I hope hope everybody understands that their goal wasn't to just barely get old bowl eligible and all those things, but uh, but still, it, it's it is progress. Because I think people kind of forget how much you've struggled around here for a decade-ish, uh, and it hadn't been a lot of fun um, at times. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of times where you're sitting at home around. I mean, I, you know, because I mean, I, I, uh, when we do what we do, you you have a lot of basketball and football going on around the holidays, and mm-hmm. there were there were several years where. I was just at home around Christmas time and it was uninterrupted and you're like, man, what do I do with this, these extra few days uh, and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have uh, another game to play. And I know people have asked to, and I don't want to get into too many details. I probably should let Joey uh, McGuire kind of explain things, but regardless of when signing day is, and regardless of when your bowl game is, these early enrollees can can still practice much earlier than when signing day is. I'll just I'll let Joey kind of okay. explain some of the the minutia there. Um, I I've been able to clarify that, uh, and so yeah, just because they can't sign until what is it like the 17th or the 20th, or I can't remember if you play on the 23rd or if you play on the 16th or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they would be able to practice, I think far earlier than that. Um, So anyway, I'll I'll just leave that. I'll leave that there. Uh, Level quite a few questions regarding football. We'll, we'll finish up with some basketball in a moment as the the Red Raiders will head to the Bahamas, but I want to get to a lot of these football questions. First one is from Jason asks, uh, what is the level of injury for, Hutchings and Rabbits, is there any chance we see them against Texas? I think there's a chance you see both, yes. Um, I think, you know, Rabbit took a knee to the groin. I think they try to get it loosened up. It's going to be a bit tricky. I think he'll have to spend a lot of time with treatment. Um, that That's a tricky injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they feel like he can't, because this is a bad team to try to put a – 
is someone that's less than 100% on the back end because mm-hmm. I think Texas Texas is like something like top 10 in the country in the yards after catch uh with Sanders and Worthy and 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 various t- Wigington Wigington uh, yeah yeah but they they've just got a lot of they've got a lot of juice and and make uh they make a lot of big plays explosives and things like that so we'll see um I think there was some concern for Jalen and his knee I think it's okay he was on the sideline in his letter jacket last night, kind of coaching. And, you know, he, he, he seemed to be, you know, survived the scare. I just don't think they wanted to chance it. Uh, so they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll kind of see where that's at, but I, I think there's a good probability of both of them. I'll just keep going here. Uh, Bryce Ramirez should play. Tyler Owens should play. Miles Price should play. Um, Jacob Rodriguez will not. So mark that down. That one stings because he led you in tackles over the weekend with 12. Love that. Love that kid as a player. I mean, gosh, dang, is he good at football? Uh, But I think for that very reason is why he won't play this weekend because you're trying to preserve his career here uh, and and extend it instead of, you know, and I don't want to say in a meaningless game because it's not. No. Every time you play these guys, it's not, but you have to weigh it out and big picture stuff. Yeah. 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 It's just, and I think it's you're you're trying to do right by the kid. And I think this is maybe Jacob's preference too, that uh, he would like to be able to have multiple years left here. Uh is there any other Mason Tharp was obviously back. Uh, if there's any other looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Malik Dunlap had a finger pointing the wrong way last night early in that game. I think they got that fixed. Um, he was back in there with tape around it. So uh, I, if I've missed anybody else, uh, let me know. But I think that's kind of the gist, at least that I'm aware of. But there's always things that sure that happen in the middle of a week and or whatever. Or man, we just couldn't get him right. Uh, Steve Linton, yeah, I, I was about to say they're, Linton's they're the hopeful. They're hopeful that he will be back uh, this week too. I think. Okay. I think they thought he was maybe a third down specialist or could be versus Central Florida, but it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, more questions from the audience on Twitter. This one's from Preston, our South Texas ambassador. What was Taj Brooks' workout program in the offseason to be so durable and be able to stay healthy despite so many carries? Well, there, there's no secret sauce here, but I think what, what you've seen with Taj over the last couple of years is that, like, when you talk to him in August, and Kenny Perry, to Kenny Perry's credit, he really tried to tell everybody that would listen. I don't know if they were going to ever major in the run game like they ultimately did, or if that was, you know, the plan mm-hmm. it's worked out that way. But Kenny Perry was trying to tell everybody that would listen, dude, there's nothing this kid can't do. You know, there's just nothing that he can't do. And, but when you talk to Taj in August, you you could, cause it I mean, Joey's real big on act like a pro. And what he mean, means by that is, it's not just showing up for practice. It's not just practicing hard, but it's, it's how you handle your business away from the building and like what you do in class, how do you attack your, your studies? But it's also because variety of them would talk to you about that. Like it's, it's, do I get enough sleep? How, what am I putting in my body? Do I stay hydrated all the time to avoid cramping and, and things? Am I eating enough beet juice? drinking enough, whatever, before these altitude games. I mean, it's all those things. And Taj, we, we had long talks about that in, in August and some of the the media stuff. And he he will just kind of go down the list. 
And so you knew that he had taken everything very seriously and he was treating Mm -hmm. this season like a professional because that's what it takes. It's the margin for error gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The more you play and the older you get and the higher level that you play in, because everybody's trying to gain the smallest advantage that they can. Right. Uh, Whether it's speed or your weight or how you handle the weight room or your nutrition or your sleep or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and I think Taj took that to heart and I think he's, you could just tell he's a very matured football player. And now he's entered himself into an elite category of conversation with your, your Hans Bards, your, your Torian Henderson's, your Deandre Washington's, um, your Bam Morris's is one of the elite running backs that's ever come through here because it's a different era. Uh, I think they they do different things now with with the running backs and the schemes are different and all those things. But for him to be a feature running back in 2023 and excel the way he did is just, yeah. I mean, because where would you have been without him and that O line and and all that? You know, I mean, it, yeah. it would it would have been rough sledding, especially especially when you consider all the the QB issues that you've dealt with. So I mean, he's led the t- he's led the nation, sorry, and and missed tackles and only added to that on. Saturday night a whole lot um yeah it, where would you be without him is it would be a scary place and, and Baron said it on on the coaches show on Thursday night uh on double t 97 three he said hey I'm in there for my shoulder injury in the in the trainer's room all the time Taj is in there every single day that I am just to get his body healthy just to, mm-hmm. like he's not that he's injured he's just trying to do everything he can to to be healthy uh, for treatment. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. He's tra- treated his body. Um, and, and that's how a running back has to, because mm-hmm. if you want to be a running back and have any sort of longevity in today's game, you've got to take it extremely serious. And, and that that's a guy who has played himself into to a draft pick, I would guess uh, coming up here in, in uh, a few months in the NFL draft but uh he's been a ton of fun to watch uh this one from zach chris you mentioned that micah hudson and others are enrolling early or sorry early can practice for a bowl game do you know how early they can come to lubbock and start with us yeah I'm, I'll, I'll let the head coach kind of speak to how some of that works i think they've done a lot of background work and a lot of uh compliance work and a lot of you know, all, all these different things. So I'm, I'm not going to speak in, in absolutes on a certain day, but I, I just know that they don't have to wait till signing day to, if they're an early enrollee, to be able to participate with the team and all that. I think that there's been a lot of legwork behind the scenes that have been, that's been done and, and this and that. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think those guys will be here sooner than later. Uh, so I'll just, I'll just leave that, uh, you know, open to interpretation, but I, I think Joey will, that's yeah. something that Coach McGuire will probably speak about and all those things at, at some point soon. So, um, but yeah, the answer is yes. You don't have to, you know, because I think the concern was, well, what if you play a bowl game before Christmas and they the signing date is just like right before that? There, all this that we've talked about, but I, I mean, the way it's been explained to me is that it's not that is not the case. They can be here much much earlier than that. So anyway, we'll we'll see. Uh, Kelly asks another question along those lines. Um, outside of Hammond and Hudson. Who excites you the most in this upcoming class? Well, I mean, yeah, M- Micah Hudson is uh, is the the headliner. I think Will Hammond is obviously going to get a lot of notoriety. Uh, although, ideally, you don't want him to have to play for a while. 
Um, I don't know, Peyton Morgan, I think, has a chance to be really good uh, for you, a, a safety that I think is, uh, I think, you know, that's probably where I'd go. I think he's one of the top safeties in Texas and in this part of the the country. Yeah. Um, I think that there's, you know, but it, it really may come down to it's like your big people. The problem is there is, you know, they had a big, uh, they had a big Polynesian kid uh, from Hutchinson Community College uh, that weighs about 350 in over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, he was a previous Oklahoma commit. Um, and I think that that would shoot to the top of the list if you were able to get someone like him, because I think you could expect him to play uh, soon and right away kind of thing. So, um, you know, you, you need you need as many quality big people as you can. Yeah, I'll add uh, one more. And J- Jacoby Williams, is, he's had a pretty decent uh, fall. He he was he's a running back at a smaller school. What is it, Beckville? I think yeah, and I think they've taken him at at. Uh, I, I think he's kind of being treated as like an athlete. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily going to stick at running back. He is mm-hmm. smaller. Um, and, and along those lines, I I think a guy like Cameron Dickey could could yeah. play fairly early for you because see he doesn't lack size he's closer to 510 about 200 yeah and i think williams is like a speed scat you know just kind of do a little bit of everything yeah uh, type guy but yeah you you've got to as we've learned like with cameron you've oh, yeah. got to be able to do all the things that come with you know uh playing running back and uh it's it's trickier for those even if you are fast and all that if you're a, a specialty running back but uh, okay. yeah he has got some juice for sure and that's what yeah. you uh, definitely need. Yeah, I think you had uh, three different players on the uh, Dave Campbell's the semifinalist list or whatever for the the uh, Mister Football of the Year, and Williams along with Hammond and Hudson uh, all made that finalist list, which is is pretty cool. Um, let's see, is this one's from Paolo? Uh, is this team going to be content with bowl eligibility and not show up in Austin? I heard a lot of post game comments that the pressure is off, and that makes me think that they'll be fine with the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's how we'll approach it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you've heard those post game comments, it may have been people not, I didn't hear anybody in. say the pressure is off. I didn't oh, hear I, I think Brian Jensen said it. Uh, if that's exactly what they're talking about, the pressure of making a bowl game is off. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think yeah, there's I... any sort of mindset inside that locker room. Like oh, that. Yeah. I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't and hear it, any of that from the head coach or the players that spoke to the media or anything like that. Yeah. If, no. If that longhorn on the helmet or that dirty orange color doesn't fire you up, then yeah and you are um and you are about to play the toughest game that you've played all year i mean considering where that where it is and yeah i I don't know if texas is better than oregon uh on a neutral field i bet texas would be that would be a you know i don't know within a two point two or three point spread of of you know so anyway if it wasn't if it wasn't uh oregon it would be texas being your toughest opponent but this one's on the road and you know, they've got NFL talent at, you know, wide receiver and at tight end and at offensive line, defensive line, at quarterback. So, um, yeah, but, it's, it's, but and you're, you're a 14 point dog. I yeah. Think, in 14 this point dog as we sit here early in the week. And yeah. this, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, that, that exactly, that's exactly, uh, speaks to what you just said that it's the toughest game you've been, this is crazy, but Vegas has uh, had Tech as an underdog only three games this whole year. Three games. Also shows that some disappointment there. But 
Um, the uh, other Can- two games, Kansas, Oregon. Uh, yep. And this one. Sorry, I mean this one. Oh, okay, okay. Three, I three, including three this ones. one. Yeah, okay. No, no, three total with with okay. this one. Uh, you were only three point dogs in both of those other two games. Yeah. This one, fourteen points. It definitely speaks to th- this is going to be the toughest matchup that you've had all year. Um, that being said, that's that's still a pretty big number. Um, you know this Texas team is going to be extremely motivated. They have. Not just a Big 12 title to play for. Uh, they have a college football playoff spot still possible out there. And uh, your commissioner had some words for him before the season started. So it feels like uh, Texas will not be lacking in motivation at all for, for this one. And you're probably going to get the best shot from from those guys on the way out. Yeah, I don't. I'll be interested to see how much that uh, Brett Yormark's commentary, how much that's a thing this week. It has a chance to be uh, a major thing, a minor thing. Uh, I've already seen it posted once. Uh, (laughs) Something that everybody talks about. Yeah, I mean, I think you know when it happened. I think uh, Steve Sarkeesian he kind of used it uh, initially. I'm sure that that'll get brought back up. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of me kind of hopes it does because I think. I'll just be interested to see how the officiating is in this game because when you know that that was part of the commentary is that well if the commissioner want, he's rooting for a team I mean surely we're going to get hosed on the officials but I kind of like that to be like a mind game. That <laughs> oh, I would love in. that. Yeah, I mean I they're just, already going into it thinking they're going to get screwed by the officials. I know. I just hope the officials don't overcompensate, you know, or anything either because I can see that too. Oh, I've I can seen a lot see of. That. I've seen a lot of overcompensation, um, yeah. you know, over the years, uh, you know, although in any Texas fan claiming uh, officiating or whatever is laughable <laughs> after you saw that spot uh, that they benefited from against the University of Houston. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in late September, I guess it was when there was a fourth down conversion that absolutely was and then was not. And then Houston ends up not getting converting that fourth down. I should say it should have been a move the chains and then you know texas wins a close one so anyway whatever i digress i digress <laughs> i always love that one uh yeah. all right i got uh, a couple more questions and then we'll we'll wrap with some basketball uh bowl bowls kelly wants to know uh what bowls are could we possibly land in what are the possibilities out there right now if if you don't win, if you don't win this Friday night, uh, I, I think more than likely it is either Shreveport on December the sixteenth or Fort Worth on December the twenty third. Those are Saturdays. I think what ESPN has done is they've 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 loaded up those two Saturdays before Christmas and like given each slots mm-hmm. to national television as ESPN owns most of these games. Yep. Uh, and and then and then it's after Christmas, the week after is when you start seeing all those games uh, either in the day or, or nighttime and all that is. Uh, but I, th- I think, yeah, Independence Bowl and Shreveport are the armed forces. If you don't win Friday night, if you do win Friday night, I think that at that point you start talking about Phoenix on December the 26th or you start talking about uh, Memphis uh, mm-hmm. again in the Liberty Bowl, uh, because it that's the difference between a let's see a five and four conference record and six versus a six and three conference record and being six and six and seven and five. But, but yeah, I just, 
I just don't know. And, and then some of this is going to factor in on does Texas actually make it to the college football playoff? Yep. You know, uh, if, if so, everybody kind of moves up a notch. If not, then, then it, you know, there's a kind of a log jam at the back end of this uh, deal. And then, you know, and, and both like, but I, I, I kind of, that's what I think is either Fort Worth or Shreveport. If you don't win and if you do win, it could still be one of those, but you could also move into like a, a Memphis, Tennessee or or Phoenix, Arizona scenario. Yeah, most likely Texas Tech is going to, regardless of, of what happens Saturday. Uh, and I Friday, think the, Friday, pardon me, you're going to finish somewhere around the seventh or eighth place range in the league. And, and I, I mean, you know, if you do end up in Shreveport or uh, Fort Worth on Saturdays, I mean, on, on one of those Saturdays, you know, Shreveport is about two hours outside of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously the in Fort Worth, there'd be a, obviously an opportunity to have a lot of fans there and right. spend a little time before the holiday gets going. If you want to go watch a little football in your own backyard kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, be, they're not the that would buy, Yeah. That would buy you would be attractive to both of those because I think you could get potentially exactly. sell some tickets and get a crowd and all those things from the Metroplex. Yeah. I mean, they're not the sexiest bowl games, but you could definitely get fans there much like you did uh, to Houston last year. And, and have a pretty good crowd. Okay. Um, Texas Tech basketball moved to uh, 3-0 and this past week. Uh, Lady Raiders also got to 4-0. and Both teams are going on their Thanksgiving tournaments. The Red Raiders going to the Bahamas level. Um, but there's a Villanova team that they'll face first that has also lost a game uh, at Penn that people were not quite expecting them to lose. So – What's the expectation for this week in the Bahamas? Well, I mean, I think Grant's uh, his expectation is to go compete, and you're you're not there to enjoy the the scenery or the weather or whatever it may be. I mean, you're going, you know, with a purpose. Uh, that's what he talked to me about after mm-hmm. they uh, after they had beaten uh, Corpus Christi, A and M Corpus Christi. I'm getting all the A and M's mixed up. No, because I get it. A and M Commerce, and then yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and but bottom line is you're not going to be able to do that unless you shoot the ball better. Um, but I yeah. think they're grinding right now. They're, you know, they're figuring out who they are. That's going to be a process that's going to last a bit. Uh, I think you've realized now that you're not near as deep as you would have hoped uh, that you would be, at least at this stage. Not you got, unless... what, seven guys that are really playing at this point? Yeah, and I think you're searching. I mean, is that eighth or ninth guy? I mean, you know, because, I mean, Robert Jennings has gotten spot minutes. EY has gotten some spot minutes. Kerwin Walton's gotten some spot minutes. Demorion Williams really hasn't factored in much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it appears you may be leaning toward redshirting Drew Steffi and Kyron Lindsey. Um, I don't know if I've missed anybody else there. But, yeah, it's those it's those so. starters. And then Chance McMillan and Lamar Washington have been kind of the bulk. Robert Jennings and EY will not redshirt. They'll continue to get opportunities just because you need some sort of size yeah. uh, behind – um Warren Washington and so but yeah you, you you've got to try to shoot the ball a bit better that's and you got good looks I think they'll start to fall uh and, and things like that but right now you're just kind of grinding away at it a little bit your defense is having to help you and you know I thought you know one game it was the parade to the free throw line you won it that way one you know the exhibition versus AM, you poured in 14 threes 
sometimes it's been an 18-2 run to finish the game versus San Jose State where <laughs> it's just a grind and then the building and, and you you make a few plays, it kind of cracks the opponent a little bit. That's what also happened against uh, Adam Corpus Christi as well. Joe Toussaint's been a big reason for some of those late game yeah. you know, runs and things like that as he kind of makes a few plays, toughness plays. But yeah, you, I mean, your expectation is, is that you know, you can go compete with Villanova. This isn't Jay Wright's Villanova Wildcats for the national <laughs> championship Villanova Wildcat program anymore. They're still very good. I think they were ranked prior to the pin game. They were ranked in the top 25. None of these are going to be easy. Uh, win or lose, you'll play either North Carolina or Northern Iowa uh, on Thanksgiving Day. It either I think it's going to that that's either like at uh, 11 or 1.30, I think, unless my time zones are off. Uh, you know, I can't remember, you know, if you win or lose, if you play earlier or later, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, you know, you've got Louisville and Memphis and uh, I'm trying to remember uh, Michigan. I mean, the, the, the other side of the bracket, it's just, it's loaded. These are all high quality RPI or net ranking opportunities here. So uh, any wins that you get are to be celebrated. You just don't want to come back being like a, Oh, and three or one, one and two type team. Uh, but I think if you can get a couple of wins, man, I would say it's a wild success. Yeah. You, uh, you're right. Uh, 11 or four o'clock will be your two options. Uh, 11 o'clock oh, or four o'clock okay. on, on the two games. If you win 11, if you lose, it'll be four o'clock on, uh, on Thanksgiving day, but yeah, you, you get, you got some opportunity in front of you. Um, I, I think this is really hard to judge anything up to this point with this basketball team and and this is your first real chance to to judge and get a real feel for this team um in these these few games in the bahamas so it'll be interesting but uh have a look at that we're already out of time so uh hey, hey seriously i hope uh you know you and i'll be working and traveling on that day but i hope everybody gets some quality time with their family uh, sure. i hope you have a happy thanksgiving thank you to cantex roofing uh, for sponsoring this uh, show, I saw a, a sign in the yard on my street. Uh, I know they do good work with that hailstorm back in May and June. A lot of roof replacements in my neck of the woods. So, Cantex oh, yeah. Roofing, shout out to you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, enjoy some downtime with your family. Hopefully, the, all the football goes well. Yep. And we'll see what the Red Raiders can do in Austin on uh, Friday night and what the uh, the Red Raiders can do in the Bahamas. Um, and shout out to Tom Stone's team for having a phenomenal season. Absolutely. Made it to the third round. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, Josh Young, Pat Mahomes, all those people <laughs> we've seen the last couple of weeks. Oh, man. Phenomenal. All right. So much uh, fun. I'll quit talking. See you. Hey, we're, we're done. We'll, uh, we'll do this again after the Texas game. Uh, talk to you then, Level. That is Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been... You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.